Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor, and you're listening to Always Hold On to Smallville. Always hold on to Smallville. In this podcast, we talk about each and every episode of the Young Superman show that ran from 2001 to 2011 on the WB and the CW. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and I'm joined again by my friend Lance Laster. What's up, Lance? What's up? Great to be back on. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? It has been a while, but it's all good. So we're talking about Skinwalker. It's a complicated episode to discuss because, you know, I watch a lot of science fiction, and Regardless of the franchise, Star Trek, the X-Files, the list goes on. There's always, like, the Native American mysticism that they try to incorporate. And they always try to be very respectful. But it just comes across often as condescending. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on that, Lance? Um, oftentimes, yeah, I, I agree with that. In this episode, I'm not sure. Especially, like, given the current events that are happening also... Like, there are a couple of lines in here that were just like, oh, wow, wow. oops. Yeah, so, so like, I, I don't know about you, but I thought about this for a while. I was like, should I even bring this up, current events? But you're right, there's a couple of lines in this episode that are like, ooh, they're right at you. And they ping on the yeah. current events radar, and I can't not mention it. So this episode obviously is about, you know, they, they discovered the, the infamous Kawachi Caves in Smallville. This is a huge episode as far as Smallville mythology goes. Yes. But the crux of it is classic... Uh, American Manifest Destiny encroaching on Native American lands. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Kawachi tribe is a fictional tribe. It's not an existing tribe. But they have land that Luther Corp claims to own and wants to build a business complex on. It'll bring thousands of needed jobs. I know, right? It's like, oh, gosh, Martha. There are shades of gray here, obviously. Um, which which Martha's actually in a very interesting position in this episode because mm-hmm. she works for Lionel, but Clark's all into you know the, this because the, the the caves tie into uh, Clark's history and his future, perhaps, which is never really paid off on. I Unfortunately, think, as far as the show goes, but I guess we're we're talking around here. Let's just get to it. So right now is you know 
this is not a current event show. <laughs> you know, this is not a political show. But I, I do feel it right to at least uh, mention the fact that we have a big crisis going on in America right now, and it's about the Dakota Access Pipeline. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, this has actually gotten my attention more because, uh, you know, I, I like to follow these off the off the beaten path stories and stuff the mainstream media doesn't cover. And yeah. unfortunately, this is a story that the mainstream media is not covering very much because for not var- at all for various reasons, mainly because, look, the um, uh, unfortunately, mainstream media, a lot of it is controlled by corporations. Right. And. There's a lot of money and lots of backroom interest going on, right, that controls the media that we assimilate as far as, like, the big networks go, right? And so – and this is this is shady stuff because, you know, uh, corporations are pushing for this pipeline and nobody wants to offend their sponsors, right? So everybody's just trying to play it safe and we're going we're gonna to talk about, you know, fluff, right, instead of, like, real civil rights issues that are going on. So – you know, the, if, if you haven't heard about this, which which you very well may have not, you know, basically it's a company called Dakota Access, and they want to uh, – well, they want to. They are. They're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. They're building a, a, a crude oil pipeline through North Dakota, and that goes through Sioux Nation land. And this is, you know, contested land that, you know, back when there was lots of disagreements about – uh, you know, whose land was where and all this stuff. And there was lots of land that was, you know, contested. But it – a lot of the times it didn't really become a problem. Go go ahead, Lance. Well, it, well, it didn't become a problem because they were just forcibly <laughs> removed. So that's part of it. And then they were just kind of relegated to a certain area. So well, I guess I guess what, what I meant by that was it didn't it didn't really become a problem. It doesn't become a problem until um, how do I say this? Uh, <laughs> the white man, so to speak, right? Wants to Not use so to speak. Wants to, well, yeah, right. But wants to use the land, right? Yeah. Uh, because you know, for a couple hundred years now. This hasn't really been an issue, right? Because no one has wanted to use this land, so it was like, sure, that's yours until we want it, right? And now we and now we want it. It's like, yeah, well, that's ours now. And it's like, no, 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 go back to the treaties and look. You know, we signed treaties, right? It's it's history repeating itself because they because um, the Native Americans were told that multiple times as the U.S. continued to expand. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, we won't use this, but then it was like, no, we want all of it. So they would just continue to force them out. Yeah, just abuse of power. Right, yes. basically, is what it is, and it's very unfortunate. And um, so, so the, the 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 biggest problem though is like, well, why, why does this matter, right? Why why are all these people protesting? I mean, you have Bernie Sanders who spoke out against it. We have celebrities like Susan Sarandon and Shailene Woodley mm-hmm. talking about it. So, uh, why are people protesting? What's the big deal, right? And well, the big deal is it's a crude oil pipeline, and they're going to do drill it underneath the main water source for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Okay, and so if that leaks, then their entire water source is is contaminated and ruined. Yes, and, and then we have another Flint, Michigan. Right, exactly. They always leak, right? Don't tell me that it's not going to leak, you know? And it's not like, oh, it just leaked a little bit. If it leaks a little bit, your water is still ruined, right? So uh, this is a huge deal. And, and and so they've been protesting this for, for since its inception, really. And things are really starting to come to a head. There's protesters. Protesters are being treated like garbage, you know, yes, people, they are. They're shooting. Uh, it's 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 the winter now, and there's and it's negative degree weather out there, and they're shooting water uh, hoses at them, and they're uh, using excessive force, the police force there for peaceful protesters, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like whoa, like this is still going on. Like like you said, Lance, like, history is repeating itself. Have we learned nothing? I just, I feel like we should mention that. 
Because mm-hmm. not that I plan, not that I plan this at all, right? But just us talking about this episode. It just so happens now. Yeah, I mean, this so is happens. going on, and I feel like you know I want because I've been you know anyone I talk to in real when we're sitting around talking and we talk about current events, I always bring this up because I feel like this is a big deal that no one is talking about. So like, hey, I have yeah. a podcast, I have a voice here, so I feel like I can at least raise awareness about something that people aren't aware of. So. It's just the corporate greed in America, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> not, I mean, not. not I'm, I'm not a tree hugger by any means, right? But I'm just, I'm just being real here, man. There, there's social injustice being done, not just the actual pipeline, but the way the people that are protesting and being treated is just unacceptable. So I agree. Anyway, um, there's really no good way to segue back into talking about small nope, from that. There is. But I felt like we should address that off the top. So yes. We may now continue, Lance, with our previously scheduled discussion on Skinwalker. Let's get it. Which is called Skinwalker, by the way, singular, not Skinwalkers. I've th- I've actually uh, I have talked to Hulu. Well, how pretentious does that sound, right? I- Pretty pretentious. <laughs> not gonna lie. Well, you know, I have brought it to Hulu's attention <laughs> that, that that they have the uh, because you know, as we all know, Hulu has all small but down. We're very thankful for it. But uh, hey, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving last yes. week. Let's be thankful that Smallville is on Hulu on the entire series. Here, here. But uh, for whatever reason, this episode's title has always been plural. Yeah. Well, no, it's always been like no. There's not a consistent listing of it. Like Neil Bailey on the Superman homepage, who reviews uh, every episode of Smallville, who I cite and link to every week. Mm-hmm. He has a, a Skinwalkers plural. Interesting. And then the actual episode listing is. Skinwalker, singular. And then Hulu has it as Skinwalker's plural. So it's like, who is getting... Like, I want to know, like, where is the master list that WB sent out to people? Like, what does it say, right? Yeah. But anyway, my my response hmm. that I got from Hulu support was, thanks for clarifying and letting us know. We've, we've reached out to our team with the information to investigate. Like, yeah, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> to investigate? like, <laughs> And then, of course... Smallville, the official companion, season two, available wherever books are sold, has it as Skinwalker. So that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna call it. Unless, uh, well, that's what we're calling it in here. <laughs> so that's just how it's gonna be. So, <laughs> anyway, so some of the uh, the inception of this episode, again, this trivia comes from Smallville, the official companion, season two. So Kenneth Biller recalls about this episode: "quote It introduced the caves and opened up our mythology." It delved into Clark's origins, and he finds out that maybe people from his planet had been to Earth before, giving him some connection to the tribe. And then Al Goff goes on to say, It starts to lay the seeds that Clark wasn't sent here by happenstance, which gets played out more later. Um, yeah, that's that's true, Al. It does. Uh- <laughs> which, you know, when we talk about this later as we get into the episode, but, like, I think that that was such missed opportunity and there's a lot of potential with 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 story elements like that but it never really was like hit upon well well, let's go ahead well especially in this episode so let's go ahead and talk about it now i mean so what what are your thoughts on that lance um i kind of liked it like i kind of liked the the idea of kryptonians had come here before and were kind of like scouting out planets seen and looking at other life that they were explorers kind of like how man of steel had mentioned and and made the kryptonians out to be how they'd been here before but it also kind of reminds me of like uh and i'm pretty sure justice league took this from smallville but they just did it better where they had like the thanagarians 
like they were here during ancient Egypt times and they were worshipped as gods. And there was a mythology there that the Thanagarians were gods on the planet and then left later. I kind of like that idea, and I was, I was kind of hoping that Smallville would do the same, but they never did. Well, Lance, you know, ancient astronaut theorists believe. <laughs> oh, take, take a drink. <laughs> Look, guys, if, uh, <laughs> if you've never watched Ancient Aliens, it's, it's perfect guilty pleasure television. I love all that stuff, and uh, it, it does actually, like you were saying, Lance, all the, <laughs> it ties into all that. It's basically that <laughs> as, uh -huh. as a documentary. Um it's the ancient aliens is a history channel show it started out as a documentary series like a you know six-part documentary and then it became an actual show and yep. so the longer it ran the more ridiculous like they had the more deeper they had to, to dig for like mm. connections look once again i'm all about fringe science conspiracy theory cryptozoology the ufos aliens <laughs> extraterrestrials Ancient aliens is the UFOs as finding Bigfoot is the Bigfoot. I like the fields, right? I find them fascinating, but they give those fields a bad name, <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, but they are still fun to watch. So, so yes, uh, I, I, would, I would love to have an episode of Ancient Aliens talking about the Kawachi Caves and Naman and Sageth. Not Sageth. Yeah, I know. Sageth. <laughs> uh, but we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, you know, I... Um, I don't know for Kryptonians, uh, you're, and you're right. Good call out on Man of Steel, uh, mm -hmm. but because before this, actually Smallville was the first uh, realized version of Superman that that implied that Kryptonians had been to Earth before. I know for uh, the yes. Brett Ratner film, uh, I believe the J.J. Abrams script uh, the, the back in the uh, in the early 2000s when we were in that great Superman drought <laughs> of cinematic <laughs> Superman. Uh, there were plans that, that that Kryptonians. I mean, it was part of the story that Kryptonians had been to Earth before and that kind of thing. And I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a kind of two minds on it. I, I like what you're saying about like the Thanagarians and all that. I think yeah. that's cool for other aliens to come to Earth, but for Kryptonians too, because Clark is so unique. You know, Kryptonians is so unique that I think it cheapens the fact that I don't know. It, it somehow cheapens the fact that uh, he's alone, and I don't know. It it. Uh, it's all in the execution, I guess. Well, because they conti they continued to botch it, though. That's the thing. Yes, especially especially when it got to you know to relic, or as I like to refer to it as you know Smallville nineteen sixty one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I, you're going to be on that uh, that episode for sure. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Okay. There, there you go. Perfect. Case in point. Thank you, Lance. I'm cool with maybe the idea of like you know centuries ago Kryptonians first scouted this Earth right yeah planted a flag here so to speak and then went yeah. back and never came back but as the series as Smallville progresses it's like yeah Jor-el was here and his brother was here and Lara yeah. was here and and Kara was here and they're going through these portals and we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here but it's all good it's all good <laughs> who said that Kimbo Slice I think Uh he might have <laughs> Jim Rome used that quote yeah R.I.P. Yeah. Kimbo. So there were a lot of fan theories about the caves back when they first happened, right? Because it's like, oh mm -hmm. man, because how would they know the future, right? So exactly. I know one of my favorite one of my favorite fan theories about the caves, and this is like you know based off this one episode, Skinwalker, right? I mean, ignoring all the stuff that comes afterward, uh, and I, you know, I, as I've said, I used to frequent the, the Krypton site forums and all that, and there were some fan theories, and and people were saying, you know how. You know, you know how red kryptonite affects Clark differently every time. Maybe the next time he gets exposed to red kryptonite, he's Superman and he gets sent back in time 500 years, right? And he mm -hmm. tells the Native Americans the story of of him, his life, right? And then he has his little, and then and then one of my one of the coolest things that I ever saw anyone postulate about Smallville was 
the fact that you know you know how Superman he has his belt buckle, which I like. I like the red underpants and I like the belt. Okay, uh-huh. so he has his belt buckle, right? But imagine if like the belt buckle for Smallville Superman was the octagonal shape, and he keeps the key. Ah, and he that's keeps, cool. And he keeps the key in there, right? And so, I like and, that. and then he uses it to access the ship or the fortress or whatever, right? That's his key, right? That that way, like Lex Luthor can't just wander into the fortress. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I always thought that was the coolest idea, and it always stuck with me. I like that. Like now, I now I really want like you know Superman from now on to like <laughs> have a belt with an octagonal key. It's it's a common shape, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, Jonathan. It's not Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, and then I was thinking like he would just leave that impression in the wall, right? And then leave, yeah. right? Instead of it being like some access panel. But anyway, like I said, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But it's it's hard to just talk about so much sprung from this episode. It's hard to like yes. self-contain it because this kind of conversation doesn't really fit in the in the episode discussion proper. Agreed. It's more for stuff down the line. So we're trying to just get it get it done off the top here. I don't know that ultimately an intriguing idea never quite paid off. And then often used as a, a deus ex machina, right? The caves, uh-huh. right? It's like, oh, we got to go down in the cave and fix the problem. I mean, it gives them a different set to go to. So much to discuss in this episode, clearly. So we better get to it, Lance. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about Skinwalker. On the WB's new Tuesday. According to the legend, a man came from the stars and fell in love with one of our people. An irresistible temptation. We were meant to be together. His origin foretold by ancient prophecy. He had the strength of ten men, and he'll be able to shoot fire from his eyes. Now, a forgotten legend will reveal his true destiny. Lex, have you ever wondered if you were destined to be with someone? What happened to Lana? An all-new Smallville. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Skinwalker is the 10th episode of Smallville's second season and aired on November 26, 2002, with a story by Mark Warshaw and teleplay by Brian Peterson and Kelly Saunders, and it was directed by Marita Grybiak. So this episode starts with uh, construction uh, wrapping up. Uh, I've I made note of the company that yeah, was doing the construction. Constructs with an X. <laughs> constructs with an X. <laughs> 
so they're finishing their their day of construction on a new Luther Court Plaza being built in Smallville. And uh, Foreman is closing up. All the construction guys leaves. He locks up and he turns around. <gasps> Jump scare. It's a Native American guy right behind him. And, and, and you know it's a Native American guy because of the music. All right? Yep. By Mark Snow. Mark Snow, our friend from the X-Files, who has similar Native American music in that show. And that's what I'm talking about. It's like, it just, they lay it on really thick, don't they? They do. But, you know, it's, I don't know, sometimes, like, it's, some composers really make a good job, do a good job of invoking that spirit or doing a good job of making sure that music is respectful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's blatant. This episode, the music kind of walked that fine line. No, you're right. It does, it it walks the line. That's that's a good way to put it, Lance. So uh, the character here is Joseph Willibrook, and uh, he's played by Gordon Tutusis, and he has a long list of credits. He's been in Legends of the Fall. Oh, really? That's right. He is in Legends of the Fall. My mom loves that movie. <laughs> he was in Pocahontas. He's been in an episode of the X Files, uh, one of the worst episodes of the X Files, I might add. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, uh, just you know, has has a long list of credits. Often playing, you know, the Native American wise man. But the guy, he does a good job. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's a lot of presence to him. I believe what this guy's saying. Yeah, and he's a returning guest star as well. He comes back. Yeah, he he comes back in season three. So, uh, but anyway, he basically tells the foreman, and this is this is these are the lines that started like, ooh, ah, ugh, current events, right? Because he's like, this is yeah. our land, and you are using it for your purposes, and you're going to desecrate. And like, oh my gosh, this is this is current events, right? Uh huh. So yeah, he basically tells the foreman like, hey man, I'm not going to be responsible for the consequences if you desecrate this land, uh, and then he leaves. So I don't. What does that mean, right? That sets up something's going to happen to this guy. Well, obviously he's the only one working there. Well, you know, is that how it works at a construction site? Like the foreman lives there in a trailer, and everybody else goes home. I guess I'm not sure, but uh, we get this. It's kind of a cool time lapse, something that we don't get in Smallville. I don't think ever before or since. Uh, it's this wide shot of the construction site, and we see the sun go down, and the guy go into his trailer, and he comes out. And I thought that was a pretty cool shot, and uh, just mm-hmm. to convey the passage of time. Since since we care so much about the passage of time on this podcast, yep. uh, the foreman comes out. It's you know late at night at this point. He hears some noises. He starts to uh, he starts to get a little freaked out because he's hearing noises left and right. And I couldn't tell. And and this is a lot of things talking about the music again. A lot of places in this episode, I couldn't tell like what was supposed to be music and what was supposed to be like sound effects. Uh huh. Well, sometimes sometimes it's both. Yeah, that's true. The, the foreman starts to freak out, so he, he goes to his truck and he's digging through his stuff and he gets a flare gun out. I guess that's his only means of protection. Uh, mm-hmm. So he gets his flare gun, and then he gets jumped by this albino wolf, right? Yeah. And uh, the wolf starts, you know, attacking him and biting him, and he shoots off the flare gun, and it goes up in the sky. And then we, they had established earlier there was like just a big tank of gas. Yeah. As he was filling up the cars and trucks with gas, and so the flare gun falls back down on the canister or the you know the tank or whatever, blows up, right? And the wolf runs off, and then the wolf just kind of sits there and watches everything and watches explodes. It. It's, it's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, and then it go- and then it goes into the opening credits, which I thought was like kind of odd because it was just kind of like I don't know. It seems like some kind of wasted dead time there. Like I figured that they would have like you know shifted over to you know somebody save, but right like as like the the flare was coming. Well, down. You, you wanted to see you wanted to see that the wolf was admiring a job well done. I guess. Uh, but and then we, and then of course there's the howl, right? Mm-hmm. It's like oh, that's some, see that's what I'm talking about. Like you just. Just pull it back a little bit, guys. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> so then we come back from the opening credits, and it's Clark and Pete on dirt bikes. Yeah, who's who's whose dirt bikes are those? We know it's not the Kents because they can't afford that. <laughs> or the Rosses, right? They got five kids, man. It's true. Uh, it's just it's the most 
bizarre thing. One of the most bizarre. See, the, the weird sci-fi stuff doesn't doesn't phase me in this show. It's the weird everyday stuff <laughs> that phases yeah. me. Like, where where do these dirt bikes come from? <laughs> hey, but at least they're wearing helmets. They were yeah, at safe. least they are wearing helmets. I'm sh- again, I'm shocked in red that they didn't make Clark wear a helmet. Right, yeah, like, like I and I think I think the writers were shocked too. I think on the commentary they talk about that. Jeff Loeb's like, "All right, well, we won that battle somehow," because um, mm-hmm. he's he's being bad, kids. Don't be like bad Clark. He doesn't wear a helmet. Uh, yeah. But of course, it's it's hilarious to see you know twenty five year old Tom Welling wearing, wearing, a wearing, a helmet. wearing a helmet and just on this on this dirt bike and him and Pete, <laughs> you know, him and Pete as they always do, just just riding around on their dirt bikes. It's just such sure. a such a bizarre plot device to get to the caves, right? Like I'm yeah. sure something else. I don't care what they could have. They could have done anything else. <laughs> and it, and we never see these dirt bikes again, right? Ever so it, again. it's just clearly for this one specific scene, we needed Clark to, like, hit a log. And then fall. And then fall through the ground. And, like, I, I you know, I'm going to say because he's Superman, that's how he, like, broke through the ground. Like, I, I can, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know. But the construction nearby is weak in the ground. I don't know. But... Yeah, so him and Peter are racing, and then, as we said, he hits a log or something, flies off the bike, flies, like, into some, some soft ground, falls into a cave at this yep. point. Then we see, like, a rock slide in the background as well. Which, a little which, bit. Which implies that him falling in there opened up this section of the cave, right? Mm. Uh, that's what I tried to take from it, because... Uh, that makes the most sense. Yeah, because the, a couple of seconds later, uh, Kyla comes in. Don't you mean? Don't you mean Lana? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Clark, Clark. For God's sake, man! I know you that you're in love with Lana, but every girl is not Lana. Yeah. So, so Clark, I guess he's a little disoriented, right? When he oh, wakes really? up, yes. and, and and Kylo walks up to him, and he's like, "Lana." <laughs> it's like, stop doing that. He does it later this season to Chloe, and it breaks he her sure heart. Does. Clark, come on, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, she has dark hair. All right. And wasn't it like, you know, last week exactly that he was just like, let's just be friends. And he was seemed pretty satisfied about it. Look, Smallville's very hit or miss on these things. We know that. <laughs> I mean, two weeks ago, his little brother, for all intents and purposes, dies. Are we ever going to no, talk about true. that again? No. Nah. Are we ever going to talk about Kyla again? No. Nah. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Kyla, she's played by Tamara Feldman. And according to IMDb, this was her first on-screen credit. Interesting. Does it show, Lance? Uh, a little. <laughs> like, beautiful girl. Yeah, check. Yeah, acting, uh, I, I, like I said, I can tell it's her first on-screen credit, right? <laughs> but uh, she's been in other things, like Jake 2.0, uh, Supernatural, Boston Legal, Monk, CSI New York. Uh, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, yeah, Gossip Girl, uh, her longest guest star stint there. A Woman Called Job. Which is, which is, I guess, is some kind of Hallmark movie, I assume. But um, mm-hmm. she's st- still working, so good for her. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like I said, she was fine in this episode, but, but once I saw that this was her first acting role, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see it. It makes sense. But anyway, I should I want to look up more of these because she's, a, like I said, she's a beautiful girl, so I'm going to see her in some more stuff. So maybe I'll go, go watch some Gossip Girl <laughs> or perhaps some One Tree Hill. Like, man, she really did the CW circuit. You, she sure did. Yeah, OTH, that's my show. <laughs> most of these most of these Smallville uh, guest stars go through what I call the, the WB, the CW circuit, and it, and it turns out very well for some of them. I mean, yes, Small, Smallville is responsible for several uh, leading actors in series. 
mm-hmm. and the, that would be in the CW. I mean, Supernatural, Vampire Diaries, Frequency. The leads of all these shows were first guest stars on Smallville. So That's very it's true. a great way to start your career. But anyway, Kylie here, she, she uh, comes and inspects Clark, shocked that he's not hurt or anything. And Clark says, oh, I was just lucky, I guess. <laughs> it's just like he literally <laughs> says that. Like, that's what I joke about him saying. He literally says that. But anyway, she says that she's in the caves doing research for her grandfather and is shocked to discover this story of Newman on the wall here, which implies that this had been a blocked off area and Clark mm-hmm. falling through the roof of the cave had shooken it, shaken it open. Yeah. Although, do you think all the construction going on would have done that, right? That's part of it. Because also. the construction causes a cave in later in this very same episode. So, uh, they, they, they find the story of Newman and, and she gives us a brief flyover of of what it is and yeah it's the story of superman mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what it is so clark is very intrigued by this obviously and and he immediately makes the connection between naman and himself and yes. uh, as they're leaving she's like oh we have to go tell my grandfather he's gonna be very excited so as they're leaving clark stops and he sees the octagonal keyhole yep. on the wall and there, there we, we go, go. <laughs> you know i also like how clark just keep, he keeps his shirt open the entire time because uh, she checked him like when when he fell through and when they first met um and then he just keeps it open the whole time again wv <laughs> w. but hey you know if, if tom only put a lot of hard work in looking that way so i'm not gonna fault him for showing off his physique right yeah. So then we get, we mentioned it earlier, such a funny line here. <laughs> Clark obviously goes home and tells the kids about this, and Jonathan's like, it's an octagon. It's a very common shape, Clark. No, is it's it, not, is it really? Okay. <laughs> stop. A stop sign is an octagon. Tell me yes. one other thing in life that you have seen that is an octagon. Yeah, the, the answer is the key to, to, to Clark's spaceship. Like, this is the only thing. And then, you know, Clark pulls out the ship's heart. Uh, from the pilot, right? And I call it the ship's mm-hmm. heart because that's what Clark calls it, I believe, in Rosetta when he finally learns how to speak Kryptonian because it has yeah. it has no name right now. It's just a thing that Jonathan pulled out of the ship, quote-unquote, before it closed because they hadn't, hadn't quite figured all that stuff out yet because it seems to me in the pilot, right, that that piece of metal that Jonathan has, that was going to serve the purpose of the octagonal disc, right? That was going to mm-hmm. unlock the secrets to his, to his origins like whenever he... You know, it was going to call to him like the crystal in Superman, the movie, something like that, right? So they, they planted yeah. the seeds there. But now, as Smovel often does, it sets these things up and it just kind of has to reposition everything and it, because they uh, they have new ideas and some, some of which are better, some of which are worse. But hey, that's how it works. When you have a TV show for 10 years, this stuff is going to happen, right? Although it is only the second season, so come on, guys. <laughs> yep. in, in the ship's heart, it looks a bit different than it did in the pilot, doesn't it, Lance? Yes, it does. It looks a little bit more alien. It looks more, uh, it has more details to it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, much much like the ship got an upgrade <laughs> from the pilot, mm-hmm. uh, so did the ship's heart here. And uh, Clark says that this, the same symbols that are on this uh, the ship's heart are the same symbols that are in the caves. So that that's pretty much what confirms for uh, for Clark that yeah, this this this, this is about me. And Jonathan yep. says we don't know anything about these people, Clark. I want you to be careful around them. <laughs> And Clark's like, yeah, well, that's why I invited him over for dinner. It's like, oh, thanks, Clark. So Jonathan tells us the story of Jonathan, Joseph. <laughs> all these all these biblical names. Uh, jo- <laughs> Joseph tells us the story of Naman and the Kawachi people and how uh, the visitor, the, the first visitor uh, fell from the sky and fell in love with the mother of their people, beginning the Kawachi tribe. Uh, and he left, but he promised he would return one day. Much like Frosty the Snowman. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, that was 500 years ago. Or, or he, he promised that he would send another. Excuse me. Uh, that not, so 
there is that. But uh, during all this, like uh, Clark and Kyler are really making eyes at each other this whole time, aren't they? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thirsty children. <laughs> Kyla just told us all that, right? And yeah, I, she did. And now Joseph is telling us again. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> just making sure we, we all know the story of Naman here. But things get a little bit awkward when it's mentioned that Martha works for Lionel Luther. Yeah, no, Clark, keep your mouth shut. And he's all excited about it. Too. He's like, oh, hey, Mom, you can talk to Lionel. You're his executive assistant. Because he's like, you know Lionel Luther? He's like, no, her. She's his right-hand woman. <laughs> It's like, no, Clark. No, read the situation. I know, which is which is also like bad for Clark because it's not showing his good quarterback skills right now. Quarterback Can't read skills. the situation quite well. Well, you know, he had to quit the team, and he doesn't play for another two years. So, uh, uh, but, but yes, he, he's more like a Brock Osweiler than a Peyton Manning in this situation. Um, yes. <laughs> current events again. I know, right? But this is where Martha says the, the line about, well, it's it's not black and white, Clark. That's going to create thousands of desperately needed jobs in Smallville. So. And I was like, oh boy. So now, uh, so Clark and Kyla are at the in the loft there, and they're looking at the stars. Clark is actually using his telescope the way it was intended to be used for a change, which is nice. Well, yeah, because because you know he doesn't have to look at Lonnie. He already has a girl up there. Well, you know, she moved, so I mean, it's, it's like useless at this point. I'm surprised he still has the thing up there. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't fact that thing away. Um, but it's That's cool. It, I, I'm glad that he's interested in astronomy. And if you think he might be an alien, he probably would mm-hmm. be, right? Because uh, they talked about how there was a star that used to be there and now it's gone. Well, you know what? That's good. Like you know, mythology building is like you know. We were just like, oh, yeah, that star was Rao in Krypton's world. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. If you're in the know about, like, the destruction of Krypton, that means something to you. So so well, yeah. that is a very subtle way to, to reference Superman, which is subtle ways to reference Superman are not the show's specialty. So well done, right? So they're getting pretty close. And, uh, Kyla moves fast. Yeah, they, they, they kind of start snuggling up. And then Lana shows up. <laughs> it's like the worst <laughs> possible time for her to show up you know this happens to clark all the time he's usually the guy walking in like last week right he was yeah. walking in on chloe and ian and he saw ian kissing lana in the hallway last week uh yeah. and then you know clark many a time will clark will walk in on lana kissing somebody as well so you know they, they, they got to spread the stuff around right it happens to chloe too gosh it happens to her all the time bless her soul so the reason Lana is because first I was like, why is Lana here? Yeah. <laughs> right? Other than for plot reasons to you know, like stir uh-huh. up the drama. But it turns out that Clark had uh, called her about asking Henry Small, her father. To, Question mark. I know, right? That, that, that gets confirmed in this episode, by the way. But her uh, yep. her biological father, uh, the, the social justice uh, lawyer, I guess. Is that the best way to describe him? I don't know. I mean, he seems to be a political activist, uh, yeah. lawyer, kind of pro bono guy anti-corporation mm-hmm. guy so he's the perfect guy for this so it actually does make sense you know that, that Clark yeah. would ask her about this and uh, she's like oh, okay well sure we're not exactly at the father-daughter favor stage yet but uh but yeah yeah I, i'll i'll ask him she wasn't gonna say no in this situation i yeah. mean let's be real well she's so just like taken aback by this she's just you know <laughs> let me get our next scene with uh lionel and martha and lionel's you know working out keeping his great physique <laughs> You know, yep. everybody, everybody in the show is in such excellent shape. Probably, uh-huh. and, and arguably Lionel's in the best shape of them all, right? That's true. Because <laughs> notice that he's on the treadmill, but he has weights on his arms as well. He the, does. See, a- ankle weights, sure, but you know, don't forget the wrist weights while you're working mm-hmm. out, guys. That, that's key for that forearm strength and definition. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he gets off the treadmill here, he's talking to Martha, and it turns out that the, they're investigating the... Uh, the quote-unquote accident at the construction site because everyone had first assumed it was an accident. 
But now they're thinking it was uh, some foul play would be involved because Joseph threatened the foreman before the accident. So, um, and, you know, we'll forego speculation on the wolf until the end. Yes. I think we can have some fun talking about th- what this episode tries to make us believe. But, yes. you know, Martha says, oh, okay, so I planned a condolence call for you and the foreman's wife. And Lionel's like, good, good, good. That's good PR. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, like, I didn't do it because it was good PR. I did it because it was the right thing to do. Exactly. And this, and and then he starts to uh, to, to uh, hit on her. Yeah. So this, this, I know this is one of your favorite things in the show, right, Lance? Oh yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> how, how how much like Lionel likes Martha? It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because he tells her, ah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sometimes talking to you, it, it makes me think I'm talking to my wife. You're a lot like her, Martha. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> there you go. And then, of course, like Lex shows up because he's just he's there just yeah. listening to this he's whole like, thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and Lex knows his dad's game. It's just so funny. Yeah. It's again, these characters just pop it up right in the last scene. Uh, Clark and Kyler are having a close intimate moment and Lana pops up. And then here, like Lionel's like trying to schmooze Martha a bit and the Lex pops up <laughs> like this guy just popping up left and right. <laughs> yeah. And then you notice how Mar- how quickly Martha gets out of there too. Like, oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, you know, Lionel's always like, ah, oh, come on, Lex cramp my style. Yep. <laughs> and then Lionel, uh, establishes, you know, for the sake of the audience again, I guess. Uh, yeah. There's some Lex Corp exposition going <laughs> yeah, my on. My favorite thing, right. One of my favorite things in this show is the, is the explanation between Lex Corp and Luther Corp. And I had forgotten they actually make some attempt I, I again, they, they mentioned it uh, when Lex was talking to Mayor Tate and Ryan a couple episodes back, and now Lionel and Lex are talking about it. But again, guys, this is like eight to ten episodes into the season. I felt like mm-hmm. they completely forgot about it, and somebody said they probably read some reviews somewhere. I'm like, hey, what happened to Lex Corp? I'm like, oh crap, we totally forgot about that. We better, I agree. <laughs> we better write in some exposition. But they, they do because I understand, like back in you know back in the day, right? This this 15 years ago, right? This show, mm-hmm. people watched TV differently. You know, people would just pop in for an episode, pop out. TV was very episodic and much less serialized than it is today. So if yeah. you were just watching this show, right? And you're like, "Oh, Lex and Lionel Luther. They they're the Luthers. They must own Luther Corp, right?" Mm-hmm. This episode it's very important to understand that Luther Corp and Lex Corp are separate, right? Because yes. they become at political odds here or business odds here, I should say. So the uh, I'm glad that the plot kind of forced them to once again establish establish the relationship between, exactly. between Lex Corp and Luther Corp here. Hey, that's an important thing. Or to do. always establish the relationship, everybody. <laughs> Life lessons from always alone in the Smallville. But uh, you know, Lionel offers uh Lex to, to go into this, you know, business plaza with him, you know, as a partnership. And uh, he, he, he chalks it up to sentimentality and Lex says, Sentimentality is synonymous with vulnerability. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's like you're on your own and uh you taught me that right that's what he tells mm-hmm. lionel so I, I love that right i love those life lessons that uh, lionel has taught lex over the years um but he so he turns him down you know he says no yes so clark and uh kyler are in the caves here and uh, she, she's looking a lot like tomb raider isn't she a little bit which was a big deal back in the early 2000s right sure was laura croft cradle of life cradle of life yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great uh people need to use that as a like a ridiculous sequel title like a subtitle right everybody used to say uh uh electric boogaloo or uh <laughs> what, what's the other one people see uh tokyo drift <laughs> you yes. know <laughs> i'm gonna start saying in the cradle of life and people can be like what are you <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> so clark and kyler are, are exploring the caves here and we get more explanation about some of the some of the symbols and uh this is where kyler tells us about sageth 
which is like having not seen this episode in so long and having, you know, uh, one of the most iconic Smallville scenes burned into my brain yes. is at the end of uh, Talisman, the uh, basically the kind of pseudo sequel to this episode next season. Yeah. And uh, one of the last lines of it is, uh, well, you say Lance, I know it's one of your favorite lines. So it is. He's like, he's like what if the hero of the story is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's Lex. And it's like, okay, I don't know who messed up the pronunciation where, but I'm going to just call him Sageth now, just for the heck of it. <laughs> Everyone else will call him Sageth, but I'll call him Sageth. So, yeah, Kylo talks about how Sageth was like her brother to Damon, and they became enemies. And Clark, like, you can tell that he's thinking about this. And he's like, hmm, who could uh-huh. this be? Uh, and, yeah. then, um, and then we move on to another painting, and he's like, who's that? He's like, well, that's the woman Damon is destined to be with. And she looks kind of like you- Kyla, right? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say Lana. Yeah, it's like, oh, it looks a lot like Lana. <laughs> There's this bracelet, right? And it, it, uh, it's like this metal bracelet with a turquoise stone in it, which uh, mm-hmm. turquoise is a great, uh, great gift for the ladies out there, folks, if you're, if you're interested. They seem to like turquoise, so <laughs> I, uh, just saying, give, nope. give, give nope. out some wisdom. Give out some wisdom. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> Some of you will get what I'm talking about. So they, uh, the, the the bracelet that is in the 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 bracelet that is in the painting, Kyla is wearing, right? And uh, she's like, "Oh, well, this was passed down to me through generations of my people." So clearly, it's like, "Oh man, she must be the one," right? It's it's on the wall. The writing is on the wall, so to speak, right? There's a couple tremors while this is going on. And she's like, "Oh, well, those are all the bulldozers. It's been happening all week." Uh, and then there's there's a cave in, right? So Kyla falls, and Clark super speeds over, catches her. Then a rock falls on top of them, and then he he kind of hunches over her, and the rock breaks. And he couldn't he couldn't have sped away. Like he had enough time. Like he was literally standing, and like he could have moved over a couple of feet to avoid those rocks with his speed. But instead, he's just like, oh, let me crouch right over her and and have it break on my back. Well, the. Uh... We had to we had to reveal his secret to her, right? It's all for plot reasons, right? If, mm-hmm. if this was you know Milana or Lex, they, they would have gone about it in a different. Well, they they would have been knocked out. That's <laughs> what would have no, happened, right? So no, no no knockouts to keep Clark's secret this week, guys. People are just <laughs> learning it this week. Yep. She's like, "How did you do that?" And he says, "Just adrenaline, I guess." <laughs> I guess because you already said just lucky, I guess in this episode, Clark, you had to move on to something else. By the way, classic early two thousand CGI. For the rocks, am I right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I understand you're on a budget. You know, it's fine. But uh, it is funny. When when we have solid objects break apart in early Smallville, it's always very blatant CGI. She realizes that he's the mon here, right? Mm-hmm. And then she says, maybe this explains the things I've been feeling the last few days. Which, okay. Applause. Uh-huh. You've established show that what we're seeing here is taking place over a period of time. So thank yes. you very much. Because... You know, last week we we really ripped into the show for like <laughs> how how long are these days? You know, <laughs> like the, the, hmm. all this stuff happening over the course of two or three days. You know, this the, uh, uh, so much happens in this episode. It better be ha- happening over the course of a week or more. You know, yeah. So I'm I glad that, I'm glad they just established that there. But um, Clark's really like he doesn't know how to handle this because he likes this nope. girl, and but now she knows a secret, and it's all tied into his past and. It's an awkward thing, but she just, like, like you said, she likes to move fast. So she just kisses him, and, and there we go. Then we cut to commercial. That's that. So, and we come back from commercial, and uh, Patrick Cassidy is back, Henry Small. Uh, yep. he, he got a name drop uh, a couple weeks ago, name drop over this episode, and now we get to see him. And uh, it turns out he has decided to help 
Lana with the caves. And uh, more importantly for Lana's story, he had uh, the parental test. And parental test? Is that what it's called? Parent- Paternity test. Paternity parental test. Come on, man. Step your game up. Uh, Paternity (laughs) test. And he is the father. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that that was like not like that was so like lackluster of a reveal. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm your father. And she's like, really? And then they just go to the next scene. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, just slow down. Slow down, show. This is a big deal. You know, it's like why even waste paying Patrick Cassidy to be in this episode, right? Yeah, she could have just been like, "Hey, I talked to Patrick. Ca- or, I talked to Patrick Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Henry Small. Here's the you know subpoena for them to stop, right? Oh, yeah, oh, and a it, simple phone call would have sufficed. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's and I get you want you want him in the episode to have this scene right here, right? To have like, I I am your father, right? But you're right, Lance. It just it it the scene is thirty seconds long. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know, slow it up. You know, take your time with this big revelation and what it means and the repercussions of this, right? Because this is Lana's like this is her subplot, her main subplot for this entire season. The second season is you know her biological father, right? Yep. And it's so brushed over. So if you're gonna go there, go there, but don't just make it like a footnote in this episode. Yep, I agree. Anyway. We get to the uh, we go back to the construction site. We get a lot of protesters, which is again maybe think about current events, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then the grandfather's quote. This is the one that really nailed it in, like how current it is. He's like, "Anytime we've been asked to peacefully coexist, we've been killed or placed on reservations." It's like, oh, damn. Ooh, yeah. It's like, yeah, because Martha has come out there to say, "Oh, well, Lionel wants to meet with you, Joseph." He just gets real with her there about that. Yeah, and uh, and then Henry Small shows up, and he's like, "Oh, there's a subpoena. We have to stop construction, right?" And then Sheriff Ethan shows up, and he's like, "Oh, I have a warrant for your arrest, Joseph." So, so yeah, much, no, just... so much is going on. <laughs> so much is going on in this one scene. It, it, it'd be almost comical, right? Um, if it wasn't so serious. But yeah, you're right, Lance, about the uh, him bringing attention to the fact. Because much like us not talking about the pipeline would have been you know i felt like it was appropriate for us to at least bring it up this episode it was appropriate for it to at least bring up the fact of the uh marginalization of native americans right i mean you cannot do a story about them without mentioning that without bringing that up agreed and they walk they walk you have to walk that line so finely so good on them for at least recognizing that uh because you know people say oh they could have handled it better they could have done well okay look at least they handled it at all Right, they could have mm. just ignored it, which is you know part of the problem. The Native Americans have been ignored in our history, so you need to bring mm-hmm. this kind of stuff up to just like, oh man, we got, you know, because I think you know not not to give anything too much credit here, but it's like you know what, I, younger people are watching the show, they might not be aware of the fact that these things have happened. This might be the first inclination to somebody just watching the CW back, and they're like, oh man, what is really yeah killed in reservations what's this all about because you know you look at things yeah. thanksgiving season just passed right you see all these romanticized versions of you know native americans and pilgrims and all this stuff and then you look at where we are today you look you, know, you look at the pipeline situation it's like well what a juxtaposition right mm-hmm. 
But anyway, man, so, uh, this episode, it's so hard to discuss because there's all this ridiculous stuff going on, like the four people coming up to everybody at once <laughs> with things. Yeah. And then at the same time, the same scene, you have like, hey, this is real stuff. So it's, it's uh-huh. this is a, this is a difficult one to discuss. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're here with me, Lance, <laughs> to get me through this. Also, I do I do like the slogan, save the cave. It's kind of catchy, I thought. Oh, no. it's, yep. it's, it's a catchy slogan. So then Clark goes to Lex for help, as he always does. But he wants to get bail money to get uh, Joseph out of jail. Lex declines, and he also calls him out for being so interested in the caves, and if it has anything uh-huh. to do with Kylo, which is a very logical assumption, right? Yes. Uh, and it's good that Clark has that excuse, right? Because obviously, I mean, yeah, he probably was to be won over a little bit, but he's so passionate about it because this is like, this is his history. Like, he needs to yeah, find out more life. about these caves. Yeah. This is his yeah. only real, other than the ship, which isn't opened, <laughs> this is his only tie to his past and then i also like how like he, he finds out about kyla because martha told him it's just like <laughs> like damn it mom this is why you don't tell your parents about your personal lives okay <laughs> <laughs> more great life lessons from always one of the smallville guys seriously if you're dating somebody do not tell your parents about it until you reach a certain point because then it just it gets just complicated you know you just don't need to involve everybody's opinions you know, until things are solid. So anyway, it's just, exactly. what are you doing, Martha? Like, come on. <laughs> so Lex is like, hey, what happened to Lana? Because he's asking Clark about Kyla here. And Clark says, yeah. it's a completely different feeling when the person likes you back. So in a vacuum, that's a great line, right? It is. But that's so inaccurate to you, Clark, because you uh-huh. know, you've been with Chloe and Lana, and they, you've both liked each other and everything. You know, uh, uh, extraneous circumstances have you know, and, interfered, yeah, and- but... And also, like, a few days ago, like, when he's dazed and confused, like, the first thing he says is Lana. So <laughs> so clearly not off off his mind. But um, anyway, Clark decides, like, oh, well, maybe I can convince you. So, you know, where is that going to lead, right? We'll get to that in a second. But meanwhile, Lana is having a Save the Cave rally at the Talon. Yeah. This is an interesting scene with, with her and Chloe for a couple of different reasons. It's not a Bechdel test pass. No, th- th- this episode fails the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, but their conversation is interesting. Even though they're talking about Clark and how he's all into these caves and stuff, and then they bring up, of course, that he's doing it. Because, you know, to them, their their perspective is like, oh, he got into this because he met this girl. And then they start talking about Clark and the people that he chooses to open up to. And then uh, Chloe has this line of, you know, maybe we should stop falling for guys who try to save the world. And it's just like, interesting. So it, it shows me that, like, you know, Chloe and Lana are actually, like, becoming friends, actually talking about these things. Also, is it in, like, two, is it an acknowledgement that they both like Clark? Or <laughs> it's like, or is, and for Lana, is she talking about both Whitney and Clark? I thought, I thought they were talking about Whitney as well. Because they do, they do mention that, uh, well, Chloe had found Lana's letter to Whitney on the table or something like oh come on aka snooping yeah snooping that's her thing though right investigative yeah. reporter uh yeah but stay out of my personal business okay it's none of your damn business and I appreciate, I appreciate if you stay in my personal affairs <laughs> <laughs> oh man listen guys Ace Ventura is my favorite comedy of all time and I quote it whenever possible so uh that is what that is from if you're <laughs> If you want to know what Les and I are laughing about that. It's just, I love, okay, tangent. I love just, it's, just, it's, it's such an inappropriate, like, when Dan Reno asks Ace to turn for some gum, right? It's like, hey, you got any more of that gum? It's like, that's under your damn business. And I appreciate if you stay out of my personal affairs. Because like, he's chewing all the gum because he had kissed uh, Einhorn, who was yes. a man, and it freaked him out. And that's why he's chewing all the gum. But it's just... 
<laughs> just such an overreaction to such a simple question. So whenever uh, whenever Lance and I ask each other about our lives, that's usually what we say to each other. But anyway. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, yeah, but uh, Lana does make the comment here that... Uh, well, she she tells Chloe that you know Wendy and her had been writing back and forth ever since he left, and they feel closer yeah. closer than they had even been when they were dating, which people say all the time, which is not which is, true. That is not is, true. Yeah, that's complete crap. And also, time out. Okay, so she's like, and then she starts talking about like how you know how he hasn't like you know written back yet, and how she more like how she's written letters and he hasn't done anything else. And so, to avoid spoilers for for right now. Lana, you broke up with him. Why would he want to like continue writing you back? Well, they like, they, they, had, they had been writing back for a while though. Since then, uh, I, well, I can see why he would stop. Yeah, he's like, eh. well, well, that's what Chloe says. Like, well, maybe he's just trying to move on. Yeah, <laughs> there's a reason they bring up Whitney here. So yes, there uh, is. So, that's why I said to avoid spoilers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so you know. Then we cut back to Clark and Lex, and, and Clark has decided to take Lex to the caves, right? Which mm. is a big mistake, Clark. Agreed. <laughs> Which did is a get... big mistake. <laughs> and also, did he, like, get permission to go down there? Like, are you just bringing everybody in there all willy-nilly? Well, I don't think they care. Like, Luther Corp doesn't care if you're underground over there. You know, because the caves are all connected somewhere else, you know? I wasn't talking about Luther Corp. I was talking about, like, like Kyla and, and, and her grandfather, because they've already established they don't like the Luthers. So, but Clark, Clark... Clark bring... Clearly, this exact situation shows that Clark doesn't think things through, right? Yes. He's like, oh, well, I thought it'd be fun. Because he just took Sageth down to uh-huh. the case. Because <laughs> he's so – Clark is just he short-sighted, right? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this guy's in jail. We need to get him out. I need Lex to help me. He won't help me. Okay, let, let me – how can Lex help me? Oh, if I take him to the caves and show him, he'll help me. And that will help me achieve my short-term goal. But long-term, Clark, you got to think these things through, man. Yeah. Now you've introduced – the long game. And look, right now, there's no reason for Clark to believe that, that Lex is going to be like a great enemy in the future, right? It's not as if he just got a prophecy that said one of your best friends become your greatest enemies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, that, that aside, it's just it's silly. But, but <laughs> even like – even if Lex was always going to be his best friend, right, and, and there was Lex was never going to turn evil, whatever, Clark is trying to keep a, a very uh, big secret about himself and his connections to these caves and his alien yes. past, right? You don't just be bringing people in. Don't be bringing in the guy who spent all last year investigating you and giving mm-hmm. him a whole new mystery that's going to tie back to you, right? That is just poor forethought, right? And even yeah. then, okay, uh, Lex is a little bit impressed, right? He's like, oh, this is more impressive than he uses some Luther historical reference, right? Well, he— well, he even said like earlier, he's like, any culture that survived hundreds of years has my respect. Right. He said that earlier. So he's um, a Luther. He appreciates history and art. But yeah, I, I am pretty sure he would not have done it if not for finding the octagonal slot in the wall. Right. Well, it's a common shape, Zach. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> it's a common shape. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Clark's like, I, I think this might be. Uh, one of the most important things you've ever done, Lex. And Lex is like, yeah, yeah, I think you're right when he's looking at the octagonal uh-huh. there. So you, you know what he's thinking about. So then uh, Joseph gets out of jail, and uh, Kyla and Joseph are all you know, very happy and thankful to Clark about it. And Martha stops by to apologize for Joseph being, quote, tangled up in the murder investigation. Mm-hmm. I, and I love, I love what Joseph says to her here. He says, people don't get tangled up in this kind of thing. They get set up. <laughs> Like yep. that is so right. That is so right. Because that's that's an excuse a lot of people use, right? Like, oh, sorry to get you involved in this. It's like, uh, no, mm-hmm. kind of got set up here. Although he didn't get set up, did he? Or but, did he? Uh, yeah. Save it to the end, right? But, but uh, 
<laughs> the, the reason they arrested Joseph is they found a bloody rag in his trash that had the foreman's blood on it. I believe that was the evidence that, that Sheriff Ethan said they had found. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's, that's a good line there by, by him. Uh, yeah, they leave uh, just not accepting Martha's apology, nor, nor should they, right? Mm-hmm. Or nor should he. But again, <laughs> no spoilers. So then later on that evening, because it's like dark outside, it seems. But as we as we found out last week, being dark outside, it means nothing <laughs> when it comes to this yeah. show. Maybe all the shutters are closed, the blinds. I don't know. But Chloe's working. At- Clark walks in. He says, hey, do you have any news on Joseph for the caves? And <laughs> Chloe's like, uh, you know, a simple hello, Chloe, goes a long way. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Because, yeah, and I'm glad that she's self-aware. The show is self-aware of this. Chloe is aware of it as a character. Like, uh, Because I've been joking about, hey, man, people only go to Chloe when they like they need something, you know? Yeah. And it's starting to wear on her, right? Especially, you know, when she sees Clark's in love with this other girl. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chloe has done some investigating and gets the autopsy report of the foreman <laughs> by her sources, right? Yeah. And uh, she uh, finds out that the, he has bite marks. On him, teeth from from uh from teeth from bite marks from teeth. Of course, that's what a bite is. And yes. uh, from a wolf though, which is uh, uh, a red flag because wolves have been extinct in Smallville for about ninety years. That's what Chloe says. So, uh, so she did a little more investigating, and um, she's like, "Don't kill the messenger," but I think that this guy's a shapeshifter, <laughs> <laughs> specifically a skinwalker. So that's a plus one for the episode title said in episode uh, yes. skinwalker. Well, she says it like Kyla's tribe tribe name translates to skinwalkers, and she said it with the plural. So maybe that's why Hulu got the title wrong. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I don't know. That's still an excuse, though. What's on the script? What? Show me a script of this episode. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what it says. Okay, I don't care. I don't care if it's Relic or nineteen sixty one. Just show me the script. Right? Uh-huh. Uh Anyway, Clark thinks this is like ridiculous, which is like really Clark, like. <laughs> You know, yeah, I know. And, and there is there is a good through line here about sometimes legends are true, right? Because yes. many characters say this throughout the course of the episode, because uh, like, oh, that's that's just a legend. Uh, it's like, well, like a legend like you, so to speak. So th- that's mm-hmm. a good. I like that they keep coming back to that through different conversations, through different characters, through different situations. It just yeah. shows you that there's there's a kernel of truth in any legend, right? Basically, yeah. It's this is the. Um, Native American brand of shape shifting. They uh, the skinwalkers can turn into animals, right? And this is this is like this is actually a real, uh, well, real in quotation marks, right? But it's a, it's a real legend, right? This is not something that Smallville made up for this episode. Is what I'm saying. Uh, this is this is a this is a legend that exists in the real world outside of Smallville. And uh, there's actually there's an episode of the X Files uh, called Shapes about this very thing. And they never use the they never use the term skinwalker, which confused me because the, I was like, hey, on Smallville, they called skinwalkers, but uh, I believe they call them Manitous, and uh, I actually was on uh, my friend Tony Black, who's going to be on uh, the podcast here in, in a couple episodes. Uh, he has a podcast called The X-Cast, and they go through each and every episode of The X-Files, much like we go through each and every episode of Smallville here. It's kind of our sister <laughs> podcast, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking about that one because that is one of the worst episodes of The X-Files. Uh, over there, they do a scale of 10. That's how they rate the episodes there. I gave it a 2. Because it's awful, <laughs> it's just so bad. And I'll, you know, I'll link to it. I'll, I'll bring it back up on our social media so you guys can find it, and listen to it. If you're really, if this gets you on a werewolf kick, and you want to hear more, you want to hear me talk more about werewolves, uh, you can listen to that episode too. But and Mark Snow does does, does the music for the X Files as well, so it's a lot of the same. Like, Ooh, you know, it's like okay, Mark Snow, we get it. But anyway, uh, that that's the same thing. It's a Native American 
a tribe, a member of the tribe turns into a wolf, causes some, some mayhem. And once again, since we're saving the spoilers to the end about the identity of the wolf here, I'll mm-hmm. save my final thoughts then on the end. It's actually an interesting reversal from what we find here. But yes, moving on, uh, Martha, I guess, is walking to her car. I, I guess she's at wait. I don't know where she is. Because, I have no idea where she is. If you think about it, remember the, the Luthercorp plant is now owned by Lexcorp. So she's not there. This complex, I guess, is she at the construction site? I don't know. She's not in Metropolis. I, I assume she's not in Metropolis because the wolf attacks her. Uh, yep. So it's like now the wolf did not run to Metropolis. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where this is supposed to be. Whatever. She gets into the car, right? So she doesn't get like, uh, uh, like uh, scratch, scratched or bit or anything, right? The car, the, the wolf is just on the car. But she does the classic horror movie thing where she's so scared she drops. Oh, the, the keys. can't, the can't put my keys in the ignition <laughs> trope. <laughs> that is such a ridiculous trope, man. Oh, oh man. Oh gosh. So good. So good. R. Kelly would not be pleased by that. <laughs> She finally gets the keys in the ignition, though, and then she looks up, the wolf is gone. Yeah. So it's like, is this like a ghost wolf, or, or what is this? Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 I don't know. The, the rules of this of this animal are, are kind of up in the air. Anyway, we cut the commercial, we come back, and uh, Clark has come home, and Jonathan is just having some fun with him about seeing this new girl. He's like, oh, so you do live here. So that, <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> kind of a fun... Kind of a fun father-son talk, I thought. Uh, short, yeah. short but fun and just very real. He's like, I don't know. I like Kyla, but I think she's not telling me everything. And John's like, have a seat, son. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I like that. You know, I like that about them. And um, and he does make a point. He's like, well, well, Clark, you know more than anyone. People have their secrets. So it's it always Clark, is, he does get a bit hypocritical when people want to keep secrets from him, right? Because, I mean, he's keeping one of the biggest secrets ever. It's true. However, in his defense, he is true when he said that like he was been more honest with Kyla than he has with any other person. Other than Pete, who is no longer in this episode, by the way. <laughs> hey, he's he's out raising dirt bikes. He's like, well, that's cool with the caves and all, Clark. But I rented this dirt bike for a whole week, and I'm going to use it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We we figured it out, Lance. So Martha comes home and uh, basically tells him that hey, I was just attacked by a wolf. So it's like, uh oh. Moving on to our next scene, because that's pretty much... Again, these scenes should that's be longer. Yeah. <laughs> these scenes should be long. Like, I don't know. Do you think this episode should have been, like, two parts? Probably. It probably would have helped. Because there's just so much story, you know, that's going on here. So, I mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe we could have gotten... Again, these scenes are too short. Yeah. But then we go to our next scene at the Luther Mansion, and uh, Lionel comes in. He has a great line to Lex. He says, have I done something in the recent past to offend you? And Lex says, there's so many ways I can answer oh, that, that was question. Oh, so good. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> so good. Because, uh, uh, you know, Lionel has, has uh, found out that Lex has bailed out Joseph Willbrook. Because from Lionel's perspective, Joseph is the guy who killed his foreman and has shut down his, uh, shut down his construction so far. Uh, but then Lex, you know, Lex offers to to take this problem off Lionel's hands. He tries to maneuver around it by, you know, just, oh, well, it makes good business sense, Dad. You know, I'll buy it from you dollar for dollar. You know, you won't lose any more profit. I'll take the bad PR. It's a win-win. And Lionel's like, no, no, no. No, something, something's not right here. You know, Lionel, yep. he sees through. He's Le- smart. Yeah. Lex is trying to, like, just get, get for whatever reason. Lex is trying to get that land because uh, we had seen on Lex's laptop, which I love the things that Lex has on his laptop. So it's fun yep. to see what's Lex looking at on his laptop this week on Smallville. Uh, he was looking at a schematic of the octagonal disc. So uh, that's uh, that's what's on his mind here. But uh, so Lionel, Lionel turns him down to buy it. So Lex is thwarted there. The power struggle between them to to, to control the caves continues on uh, throughout yep. throughout the show, really. So then we get to the uh, the kid farm. Uh, Clark is doing some chores like cleaning a saddle. 
but Kyla comes by and she's surprisingly chipper. Um, you know what? Let's just let's just get to it, Lance. I, I don't want to keep not spoiling right, it. Let's do it. Kyla is the skinwalker. Okay, not Joseph. It's Kyla. I cannot remember. Honestly, I cannot remember if I knew this all along by like reading spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> or, if it, or if it was just so obvious that I knew that it was going to be her. Like, do you remember what you thought back when you first saw this episode, Lance? I knew it wasn't. I, I had a feeling that it was her. I don't know, because it would have been just too on the nose to make it the grandfather. So I was just like, oh, for, like I'm, I'm sure they're going for a twist. So the twist is it's going to be Kyla instead of Joseph. Because, yeah, again, she just tried to kill his mom. And she's like, hey, Clark, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. uh, but, but this this reminds me, this, this is what I mentioned uh, earlier with that, the X-Files episode, Shapes. Uh, there's this whole like plot about uh, oh who's the werewolf and and they think it's a young woman they think it's a young woman is the werewolf and it's not it's a, it's a different guy right okay. so it's actually like reversed in the small episode where they think it's a different guy and it's the young woman after all so I don't know I just um, yeah terrible episode of the X Files uh, <laughs> but but me and Tony Black have a lot of fun talking about it so if you want to have fun talk listen to two guys talk about ridiculous genre television. Check out that episode of the X-Cast, which I will post on our social media. But anyway, getting to this episode here, Clark asked her about skinwalkers, right? And she can tell she's kind of, like, taken aback by it. She's like, oh, you've been doing some research on me. He's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I've kind of told you everything about myself and trust you more than anyone. So, you know, can you throw me a freaking bone here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then she mentions that the visitor from the stars brought some special green stones, and they had strange effects on the people, and that's how the first skinwalkers began so what are your thoughts on kryptonite existing before krypton exploded lance that's kind of shady that's what see again that's where like the like the mythology that they're trying to set up and and everything that's where we start to see some cracks because like it doesn't doesn't make any sense they weren't there this entire time uh they only came because because clark came into the world so yeah i don't understand what that's about yeah i mean when krypton is is breaking up right that's what creates kryptonite Right. Yes. It's not like if Earth exploded and we went to another planet and like, oh my God, it's granite. Get that away from mm-hmm. me. Right. It's being, no, it's the radiation caused by the destruction of Earth that would radiate the granite that would make it harmful to a human on another planet. Right. With following yes. following the Superman rules. So yeah, the fail. Right. And why did you like? Why did you have to tie it into a kryptonite? Right. Because I, don't I mean, know. Skinwalkers and and Manitou and Native American werewolves. That's a legend. That's a thing that's in the real world. Right. Yeah. It could have opened up the current Smallville world, like for as far as like, you know, metahumans and powers and mysticism is concerned. Um, because at this time, like all we know of like people with abilities, they are affected by kryptonite. But it would have been nice for Clark to finally meet somebody that did not have a kryptonite uh, effect. The first person that he meets that is not affected by kryptonite that has abilities is the Flash or Impulse. Well, yeah, if you don't count all the witches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there is there is Redux. They never explained what she was. Well, it's... But but no, I I totally get your point. Like like when there was a traditional freak of the week, it's always going to be uh, kryptonite. And this is something that they follow up on it more in season seven with Zorel, where he talks about aha, aha. When I was on Earth, I studied the meteorox effects, and that's how he fi- figures out that blue kryptonite takes away powers. Yeah. Um, and it's like no, 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 no. That stuff shouldn't exist. And then you know the only reason, and I think this is a comic book explanation, but the only reason there's different colors of kryptonite is because like kryptonite passed through like certain like nebula or something, right, in yeah. space, right, and that's what became different colors. And look, there's probably maybe two or three 
I, I can buy two, maybe three colors of kryptonite, but to have all these different colors, like that's there's yeah, gonna all be the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, that's an external catalyst that causes it to do that. Like black kryptonite has to be created with heat. You know, that's something mm-hmm. they established on Smallville. So kryptonite existing before Krypton exploded? No, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like I, it one bit. I don't like it one bit. But spurred on by this argument, that's why I want to just go ahead and get it out of the bag that, you know, Kyla's the shapeshifter, is uh, spurred on by this argument, no doubt. She goes to the Luther Mansion, and uh, mm-hmm. once again, that that uh, infamous Luther Mansion security, this wolf gets by, yep. <laughs> somehow gets inside. You know, I don't know how that works. But, uh, and again, th- th- this scene more than any other is the one where I was like, is this music? Is this sound effects? What is this, right? Because you hear like, all this scratching and all these like growls and all that—they're all around, right? I'm like, what? Well, mm-hmm. This is not, this is not like a ghost animal, right? This is like, this is a person that has changed into a wolf. So you're wolf yes. now. You're not, you, you know, you, you don't have the power to do all this crazy stuff. Anyway, Lionel uh, gets scratched by the wolf, and she's about to finish the job, I guess. And then Clark bursts in. How he knew to be here and go there, I don't know. I mean, she did run off, mention Lionel Luther controls you all, which sounded a yeah. lot like ADR to me. A little Which bit. Like, oh, we better explain why everybody's there at the end. I feel like that's what they did. But he comes in. He's like, Joseph, stop! Because he thinks it's still Joseph at this point, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the wolf, they kind of have eye contact for a little bit. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, a weird, kind of a weird yeah. moment. Uh, especially when he thinks it's the grandfather, but it's really her. You know, anyway. Uh, but then, like, the, the sheriff's bust in with the guns. He's like, no, no, don't shoot! <laughs> like, okay, teenager, we'll listen to you. That's fine. And then the wolf jumps out the window. Through that, through that, gonna have to replace that Veritas window, Lance. Sure, that's, that stained, that stained glass, non-Veritas symbol window they have. She jumps out the window. She, the wolf, right? She jumps out the window. Clark follows her. And it also must be cold in Smallville because he's wearing the the heavy version of the of the red jacket. Yeah, so this is a plus one for our blue shirt red jacket. Uh, it's not the red jacket, and it was, but it wasn't the red jacket in uh, Vortex either. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 it must be really cold because it's the heavy one and long sleeves too. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, uh, so he runs out there and uh, he sees you know the, the jumping out the the glass window has really uh, you know cut up uh, the werewolf, the skinwalker, and uh, it's kind of laying in uh, I don't know what you call it laying in the forest. Okay, yeah, and it's actually very like it, I like the look of this scene. It's very like horror movie, lots of atmosphere, lots of trees and and fog and all that. So it's it's pretty cool atmosphere they create here, but yes. uh, the Skinwalker shifts back and it's Kyle. He's like, "Oh, Clark's like, oh my god, it's you!" So he takes off his jacket and wraps it around her. And this is he looks very Superman here because he's got the long sleeve blue shirt on uh-huh. and the red jacket wrapped around her like a cape. So I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is a cool this is very cool imagery here." The scene itself, eh, it's okay, I guess. It's eh. kind of meh. It's like a classic. I must talk to this character before they die and they immediately die like like like, that stained glass window really must have messed her up she died instantly that like that huh i know and she kind of apologizes for sort of attacking martha yeah you know it's a shame that she was only in you know in just one episode i don't know i think if they were a little bit more forward thinking and had a better plan for the caves and the mythology of them i think that they could have probably you know brought her back or have her be a recurring character because she was just in the next town over yeah, Grant, Granville. Yeah, because suddenly Lana's like, I don't remember seeing you at school. She's like, oh, I go to Granville. I'm just here to help my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's right. Like, Dodge a bullet there. I forgot about that. She didn't even live in Smallville. They totally, she totally could have just gone back to Granville. I, she's a murderer, so we've got to think about that. That's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that, yeah. So, you know, that, that's this is justice, right, for for the foreman. Um, yeah, you know, I would have liked more explanation 
obviously, uh, her grandfather didn't know she was doing this, right? Yeah. So he was not framed. It was actually Kyla is the one that, you know, that's that's the connection because she brought the bloody rag back or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, although she was a wolf, I don't you – know, <laughs> How did that yeah, happen? I don't know how she did that. Maybe yeah. they really did frame him. You know, I don't. I don't know if that was meant to be ambiguous. <laughs> you know, it's, it kind of unintentionally is, right? And, yeah. I, and I obviously I totally buy that they would frame him for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a better story if they do. So yeah, like explain why you wanted to kill this guy, right? I mean, like that's not the answer. Attacking Martha and then going to kill Lionel, like it's not going to solve any. It's not going to solve any of these problems, right? So yeah. again. Two-parter, maybe would have you could have fleshed all this stuff out, uh, like you said, recurring character, and you say, "Oh, well, it's just a silly episode about the caves, right?" Like, no, actually, this is huge. This is like mm-hmm. this is uh, the caves. I cannot express to you guys <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching Smallville the first time. The caves are like the most important thing this point forward up to the we get the Fortress of Solitude spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's it it's, is. it's the stand-in Fortress of Solitude, right? And then you know, I know even at the time, people were thinking. Oh man, maybe maybe this version of Superman won't have a Fortress of Solitude. Maybe like this will be his Fortress of Solitude, right? Maybe mm-hmm. the, the Kryptonian caves to do something different because uh, I know it's it's crazy for people to believe, right? But the, the Fortress of Solitude has not always been this ice palace that we got from Superman the movie. I mean, it's great, it's cool, I like it. Every other version of Superman likes it too because they just copy and paste it. Even Supergirl, right? Looks yeah. that way. Uh, obviously, Superman Returns, which was a pseudo sequel to Superman the movie. Uh, the, the, com- <laughs> the comic books have uh, adopted it. Uh, so there are many versions. Of that. And you know what? That's what a Man of Steel. I really like the Kryptonian technology they introduced there because it was something different, right? Mm-hmm. It was that you know that um, you know those things you used to put your like face and hand in. Like it's Spencer's gifts to make the impression, yeah. right? I don't know. I don't even know those are called, right? Everybody, everybody knows what I'm talking about. That was the kind of technology they used, and I really liked that. And uh, that's a really cool thing about Man of Steel. And he doesn't have a fortress of solitude. He had that ship, but I guess the ship crashed. So, yeah. uh, but I guess Superman's dead anyway. So, <laughs> spoilers. But that's what I'm saying. Uh, that would have been, I don't know. It would have been kind of obvious if Superman's always flying back to Smallville. Maybe, but he does it all the time anyway. So, as mm. Clark Kent, he could at least disguise that he's there as Clark Kent. And then, you know, Lex Luthor couldn't trace his alpha waves up to, <laughs> up to the north. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and again, if he had the belt buckle key, <laughs> it would have been made so much so- Whoever that is, kudos to you from the Krypton side forums back in the day. Great idea. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. God, now I'm going to be disappointed every time I see a Superman costume because that's so cool. <laughs> Sorry I ruined that for you. Um, yeah. Well, don't worry, Lance. You won't see a Superman costume on Smallville. So, hey <laughs> Well, you do see it. Just Tom Welling doesn't wear it. Uh, yep. Anyway, my, my point there is I'm sure they knew what they were setting up here, right? I mean, th- so they should have planned accordingly and, like, give this episode some breathing room, right? That's That's what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so Kyla dies. Doesn't even take her to the hospital. He's like, I have to get you to the hospital. She's like, No, stay with me. I'm like, Well, I can stay with you there, but you're gonna die here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but she dies. Hey, but it ends your streak of hospital. <laughs> That's why I'm shocked. I'm, like <laughs> Lionel got attacked. You know, Martha got almost attacked. This woman died. Like I was, I was so expected. <laughs> I was like, Here we go. I'm ready for the hospital visit. We didn't get it. Shocking. Shocking. I say. Cut to the next day. Or you know, a, a day soon after, I'm not really sure, but uh, I'm not I'm not really sure what's going on in this scene, Lance. Maybe you can help me understand because Lionel and Martha show up, right? Yeah. And then um, the site says it we're, we're shut down, sir, <laughs> and it's Clark just standing there. It's like yeah. 
And there's no other people there's there protesting. No, no one so. else is there. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, carry on with your work. <laughs> you know, it's just this one guy. I mean, what yeah. did he? What did he do? Like break all the trucks? You know. Uh, I mean, hey, that's a very Superman thing to do. You've seen when, what he's done to these trucks in uh, Smallville's pilot and then also in Man of Steel. So. Man of Steel. Well, Man of Steel, was the, that was like some major destruction look, right look, there. Clark, I get to the guy, you know, is a jerk, and he hit on the waitress, and he spilled some beer on your face, but you just destroyed the man's livelihood, right? But yeah. but then you look at Superman 2, <laughs> and then he just, like, he, like, gives that guy, like, a concussion. You know, and breaks yep. his hands because he's Excuse like, me, sir, but you care to stop outside. <laughs> Another line that I've never used in a real fight. Uh, but whenever I act like I'm going to fight someone, that's what I say. <laughs> that's funny. I've never seen garbage eat garbage before. <laughs> also, whenever, uh, whenever I always try, whenever someone says something about like, oh, yeah, looking good or losing weight or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I've been um, working out. I do the things with my, you know. The, the the thing basically I just say and and do the motions that Clark does at the end of Superman two. <laughs> this is our quotes that we use in everyday life episode. <laughs> oh, I sold on to Smallville. I've been um working out. Anyway, see you see oh but you know Clark pay in Superman two Clark pay the damages at Don's yeah, diner yeah. to that guy. He like pulls out like a thousand dollars in cash. Oh, I'm probably sorry about all the damages, sir. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think he paid for Homeboy's truck. Nope. In Man of Steel, because that Superman does not care. He doesn't care about right. you. He doesn't care about your building. He doesn't <laughs> care about your truck. All right. Anyway, all he cares about is Martha. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Martha, Martha, see, tying it back, Lance. Martha and Lionel get out of you know his his Cadillac Escalade. By the way, did you notice yep, that? <laughs> I did. Such an early two thousands car. Uh, and. Uh, Lionel says to Martha, I'm indebted to your son for saving me last night, but I, I thought you would talk to him about this. She's yeah, like, yes, yes, we did talk about it, and I agree with him. And then she goes off you know, to, to stand with Clark, and he's like, are you ready to lose your job for this? And she's like, well, that's up to you. That's up to you. So good job, Martha, Use, using that power that he's giving you. <laughs> he's giving you the power of control, and you're using it. So then all the processors show up, and the, uh, and I don't know why they're showing up here at this time. Are they late? Like the Clark tell them to be there at seven, and they're there at seven thirty. I'm not yeah, sure. Uh-huh. They all show up at once. And uh, Joseph gives Clark the bracelet that Kyla had, and he's like, "This this is for you know, for the true one in your life." You know. So it's like, oh, cool. So eventually down the road, Clark's gonna Clark's gonna give yeah, this to Lois. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice. You know, I am surprised he didn't go ahead and give it to Lionel like the next week. <laughs> he's yeah, like, oh hey, uh, happy birthday or whatever, like some excuse to give her up. <laughs> You know, two things. One, you're like, oh, he's going to give to Lois one day. And then you're thinking, oh, well, we'll never see Lois on this show. She'll never mind, right? Yeah. But then Lois does show up, and she's here for six seasons. Yep. <laughs> and he still doesn't give it to her. It's like, That's come on. That's correct. This prop has to be somewhere in the prop room. Could we not? I don't care if it was her, like, just putting it on, like, in their apartment once or something. Like, I don't know, right? But just, mm-hmm. it's there. Do it. Like, pay it off, please. Anyway. One of those dangling plot threads that, that's never resolved. But anyway, Joseph says, hey, uh, Kyle believed in you. I believe in you, too. Here you go. So they're, they're all they're all cool. Oh, but one, one last thing about that. Clark, you know, he, he's sad that he's like, well, I couldn't save her. And Joseph says, you did all you could. I'm like, did you? No, he didn't. <laughs> he not did. really. It's kind of her fault for not letting you go to the hospital. But still, anyway, so that's that. We don't see the bracelet again, to my knowledge. I mean, I don't, I don't recall seeing the bracelet again. Maybe I'll be surprised. But we do see Joseph again next season, so that's good. And again, I don't understand why people are showing up here when they do. Because then Lex shows up. 
Again, it's, yeah. like, it's like that other scene. Just everyone shows up at this place all at the same time. Lex shows up, and he gives Lionel the historic artifacts amendment uh, that I guess Henry Small pushed through that, that protects this land from any construction. He's basically making a historically significant area. And, they're, you know, we have lots of national park, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to buy it from Luther Corp for 30 cents on the dollar. So Lex says, oh, you should have took my deal, Dad. <laughs> and Lex Corp has now secured the contract to be the, you know, the curator of the Kwachi case. So the case. There's going to be some cheesy sign to be like, the Kwachi case brought to you by LexCorp <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at, the, at the front. But uh, Lionel calls him out on uh, on this again for finding something. He's like, you found something valuable there, and I'm going to find out what it is. Because he, 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 he tells Lex, alterism is not in your blood, <laughs> which, is, yep. which is true. But, but, my friends, we have a massive continuity fail here. Uh, <laughs> and this, this is brought to us by at Padme, P-A-A-D-M-E-1. So at Padme one, uh, so thanks. Shout for, to you, Christina. Thanks for thanks for bringing this up because she did <laughs> pointed this out on Twitter. Lex is wearing his infamous driving glasses that he wears all in season two. That's like his season two look. Don't know why, but it is. Why? Yeah, and Lionel has the same tint also. Yeah, it's like look, this this is like the season of sunglasses. Lionel is blind, so it makes sense. But I don't know why Lex is wearing these, these glasses as well. I guess Rose Mom's like, hey, Glover's got some cool glasses. I want some cool glasses too. Yep. So in in this scene here, you can clearly like there is a back and forth uh, reverse shot of Lionel and Lex talking, right? And the continuity is fine there. Lex is wearing his glasses. Lionel is wearing his glasses, right? There's no continuity breaks there. But then we cut to this like two shot of him from behind him. And Lex's glasses are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, come on, continuity continuity director, step your game up. It's very obvious. Like, did no one did no one notice that? Like. Hey, my, not. like I get like look, I get how the t- how TV works. They shoot, they don't shoot these all at once, right? There's not there's like three cameras pointed at them because you'd see the cameras in the other shots, right? So they do yes. one setup. They they did their Lionel close up. They did their Lex close up. Then they did their master shot, and it's the wide shot. But I so, somehow in the master shot they forgot to put Lex's stupid glasses on him. <laughs> so it's a very very evident continuity break. So uh, anyway, I I I. I I usually have a good eye for that. I, I'm, I don't know if I would have picked up one or not. So once again, thank you, Christina, for pointing that out to us. So anyway, then after this, Lex goes down to the cave. And uh, well, hey, he, he's not wearing his glasses now. So, nope. <laughs> so at least the continuity is preserved there. But he goes down to the cave and he's looking around. He's got his flashlight and he goes up to the wall, right, with the octagonal slot. And I remember when I first watched this, I so thought he was going to pull out the, the disc and put it in the wall there. I know? did, too. That would have been so cool. Because at the time, because he, well, he was looking at the schematic and I'm like, okay, maybe he's made a copy. Maybe he's found it. Like, you know, he's the one that had the disc. Lionel, he's heard about the disc, but he didn't, he doesn't have it yet. Or does he? Yeah. Or does he actually? <laughs> because where does it turn up next? You'll find out soon on Always Hold On The Smallville. Stay tuned. But at the time, you think it's just an impression and he thought Lex was going to pull out the slot and like, he's just interested in the case because, oh man, this, this all ties together. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why he got it. And that would be so cool if, if he had it. And then who knows? Because at this point in Smallville, it's not the magical skeleton key that it becomes or it does anything and everything opens things, transports you to parallel dimensions, <laughs> you yeah. know, all kinds of stuff here. It just opens the spaceship. Right. But he doesn't he didn't pull it out. And now we know if he had pulled it out and put it in there, like the wall would have opened up <laughs> and become like a, an access panel, which I thought was way too far, by the way, when it went there. I thought yeah. I thought the paintings are fine, the impressions are fine, the prophecies still never really made any sense. How did how did anyone know that stuff was going to happen? Yeah. That's that's why the whole time traveling Superman thing was was I thought was really cool. But 
it's a cool scene because, you know, we pan up from Lex on the ground there to uh, the Sageth painting, which is like, hey, guy, oh, excuse me, Sageth painting. Sageth. Sageth. Uh, <laughs> hey, whoever says it first, that's the way we say it. Remember the Star Trek Next Generation panel we read at Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. With, with the French right. spider. So, uh, tangent here, guys. Um, Lance and I went to Star Trek uh, Las Vegas, a uh, big Star Trek convention this year, and, and they had a Next Generation panel, and Brent Spiner was talking about how because Patrick Stewart is British, his name was Data, not Data. Uh-huh. <laughs> because Data. They're, reading, they're reading through the script, and uh, Patrick's like, Mr. Data, and, and Brent Spiner's like, whoa, 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 I thought my name was Data. <laughs> and then Gene Rymer, the creator of Star Trek, says, okay, here's the rule. Whoever says it first, that's the way we pronounce it. Yep. <laughs> That's so I'm looking at you, Chris Nolan. It's pronounced Raish Al Ghul. <laughs> ass. You know, Arrow does uh, walk a line on that and, and calls them both Raz Al Ghul and Raish Al Ghul. So there is that. I give him that. But anyway, pronunciation. So I'm going to follow the Gene Roddenberry rule. Whoever says it first is the way it's pronounced. I'm going to call him Sageth. You can keep calling him Sageth, but I'm going to call him Sageth. <laughs> just just for my own amusement really more than anything else because i'm sure i'm sure it's supposed to be sagi <laughs> and sagi just sounds a lot cooler but it does sound cool she said it first um so then we get our final scene of clark lana in the loft and i gotta say guys i i this confused me because my memory has my memory failed me here i i thought for the longest time oh this is the scene where clark and lana are in the caves and she's crying and they get gary jewel's mad world which is a great song and that, and they talk about Whitney. I'm like, that's what I was like, waiting for in this episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Lex was just in the cave. Did they go back to the cave? That's weird. And then we're like, no, that's the end of Visage. <laughs> that's not the end of Skinwalker. Um, so I was, I was just, I was confused. But uh, Lana comes by to, you know, um, just say, hey, Clark, I heard about Kyla. I'm sorry. And Clark's like, yeah, I'm sorry. You guys get to get, didn't get to know each other very well. Uh, you were a lot alike. I'm like, no, no, you weren't. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Clark. Stop it. <laughs> just like these episodes just show how strong those Lana blinders are for him. But um Yeah, they are. Anyway, she she's still you know, she's kind of upset and Clark's like, Hey, is you all right? And she's like, No, no, actually I'm not. You know, I like that I felt like this of all the scenes, because as you've heard and you will hear many times from me, I will complain about these Clark and Lana scenes, like in the law, for example. This felt like one of the most genuine scenes between the two of them, right? They were it just did. two people expressing condolences to each other. They were upset about something and, and there was no drama or lies and secrets or silly talk going on just two people consoling each other about sad situations because and then you know Kristen Kirk does a really good job here of, of crying and being upset because you know, that's not it's not an easy thing to do but I, I you know I, I bought it. I, I thought her tears were genuine right and too. what she's upset about is Whitney's mom just called her and apparently Whitney is missing in action so that ties together what what she was talking about earlier with Whitney hadn't written back to her in a while it's because he's he's missing in action yeah so and that's our cliffhanger for this week. We'll uh, we'll get some resolution to that plot line next week. On the WB's New Tuesday and Big Sunday at its easy new time, in a town filled with secrets, the truth remains a mystery. Maybe there's more to Clark Kent than meets the eye. There's nothing more to me than what you see. Smallville. Skinwalker got an 8.4 out of 10 on imdb which huh. which is way too high <laughs> which i mean like so so i figured it out by the way you, you, you guys know i'm always talking about like well this is hard to, to, to judge because everything's from six to nine right 
if you go to Smallville's like quote unquote homepage on IMDb, 7.5 out of 10 is the average rating of Smallville, right? So that's that's your aggregate rating, right? So like that's what you should judge everything else off of. So it's like if it's 7.5, give or take, it's an average episode. If it's lower than that, it's a bad episode. And if it's higher than that, it's a good episode. Again, according to the voters on IMDb, okay? So be that as it may, 8.4? Really? That's pretty that's high. high. We'll, we'll save our thoughts for a second. But Neil Bailey from Superman No Page, he gave it a 2 out of Dang. 5, which is pretty low. I don't know. So he, he had this to say. Just, just, he has a very long review of this, and I recommend you all read it, and I'll link to it on social media, as I always do. But he says... None of the characters of Smallville really made any sort of character development in this episode, save their understanding of Native American culture, questionable at best. And we have a Freak of the Week, as well as ignored ramifications from last week to pollute the waters. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the mid-season lull, thus two of five. (laughs) So, (laughs) which, oh, by the way, (laughs) by the way, I'm glad, that's what he's talking about there, the uh, repercussions from last week. Jonathan's leg is not broken in this episode, is it, Lance? No, it's not. Yeah. So I remember we, we see him sitting at the table. And he's standing in he's standing in, in the uh, in the storm cellar. Oh, okay, good. I was going to say, I, I almost thought, oh, we see him sitting at dinner and we see him sitting at the kitchen table doing like the, the finances. It's like, did they did they really just not show us his leg? But he was standing in the storm cellar, wasn't he? So, yep, he was. Way to go, show. Uh, <laughs> so two out of five for him. So Lance, out of uh, the letter scale. What mm-hmm. would you grade Skinwalker? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I had to think about this because, you know, initially when, you know, when I requested this episode, like I was just thinking back to like, you know, high school. And and then the first time that I actually like kind of live tweeted this a couple of years ago when it was on at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, this, this was the first one, right? That you live tweeted? This was the first one I, I live tweeted. <laughs> yeah. When it was on TNT. And like, I remember, you know, not liking the episode, but primarily on the, on the heels of like our inside joke and it being two o'clock in the morning and just like the, the whole like backstory behind it. But then watching it now for the podcast purposes and, you know, it was better than, than I gave it credit for, but it's still not good overall. Not a great episode. It's not 8.4. I won't get if It's not bad. So I think I'll be, uh, I'll give it a, like a C plus. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm, I, I was considering a V minus. <laughs> I was too, but I, I think I'm going to settle on C plus as well for, for all the things that we've discussed already, uh, I mean, some of the ideas are good. Some of the execution is weak. Some of the ideas aren't good. Yeah. And then the execution is weak on those as well. So interesting stuff here. I mean, this is like, you cannot, again, you cannot, we cannot understate how important this is to the greater Smallville mythology of it's like you know, Smallville Superman mythology. And uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if, you know, we'll, we'll ever get anything like this in the comics one day. Because the comics, I mean, look, we were talking about Superman the movie. It influenced the comics down the road. I wonder if, you know, these things from Smallville. Because eventually, comic books writers, they run out of ideas. They run out of stuff to talk about, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point they'll they'll have some story about Kryptonians on Earth. And they, and they, they might, you know, reference back some of this stuff. I don't know, actually, now that, they, now that I think about it, I don't know how the, any of the rights work like that. Like... Like, would they have to pay the people of Smallville if they wanted to use, like, the, you know, Kawachi Cave, so to speak? Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if down the road somewhere, and maybe they have already. I'm not, I'm not, I don't pretend to be some uh, comic book aficionado to the degree of, of many Superman fans out there. So I don't, maybe there is stuff like this in the comic books already. But um, uh, th- these are interesting concepts. I mean, ancient aliens alone has proved how popular they are among people. 
yeah, we'll, we'll be t- we'll be talking about the Kawachi Caves for a long time to come on this podcast. Yep. So then, our final order of business, Lance, is our uh, series tally board. We have a plus one for the episode title. Said an episode that brings us to ten because the word Skinwalker or Skinwalkers is said many times. <laughs> so that brings us to ten, and then we have a plus one for the blue shirt, red jacket that brings us to three. Uh, and that and that's it. Actually, shock! There was no chaos. Cleek. Clark's secret. I'm shocked there was no hospital visits. You know? mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and then we have our Bechdel test fail because the only scene we really have between two women is Lana and Chloe talking. And then, yes, they talk about other stuff, but it's mainly about Clark. So. It was mainly about Clark. And it was, and the thing, the sad thing is, it was an actual good conversation. Like, good things came out of it. But, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and it was about Chloe snooping on Lana's letter to her ex boyfriend. Yeah. So. <laughs> Double fail. Not a good look, Chloe. I wasn't snooping, which is laying there. Although I will say, remember in, um, I believe it was Nocturne, where she just leaves that note that Byron wrote her out on the counter, and that's how Lex finds it. So oh, yeah. I can't I can't really, you know, we were being kind of hard on Chloe. I can't entirely fault her. Lana does just leave that stuff just sitting around. So That's true. Anyway, that's going to do it for our discussion on Skinwalker here. Yeah, so lots of, man, lots of angles. I, I hope we I hope we handled it well, Lance. I don't know. I, I, I did want to mention all the serious current event stuff going on off the top. And then... Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's that's life, man. That's what's going on today. So, hey, you know, we have fun with our podcast here. It's our nice little sandbox, as they say. Uh, but there's a whole world out there, stuff going on. So, and, and I like to stay informed about it. And, you know, and you guys should too, you know. So, if like I said, if you're interested in learning more about the Dakota Access Pipeline, I highly recommend going to the Young Turks YouTube page, searching Dakota Access Pipeline. Check it out. That way you can be informed of what's going on. And um, hopefully, you know, hopefully there's some compromise can be found unfortunately unlike this episode and everything can have a happy ending right lance it's true yeah yeah again like i'm sure a lot of you guys didn't expect me to get real with it here but you know this is this is important stuff that's going on in the world around us and i felt like i felt like it should be addressed because this episode like it, it has it has lots of lines that really just like are exactly what's going on right now exactly like it, it hits right to the core of what of the real life current events. Right. And it would just be, be negligent to discuss something like this without discussing, you know, real world examples and real world examples that are going on right now. So yeah. anyway, I just felt it was appropriate to discuss it. And, you know, hopefully you guys learned something from it as well. So indeed. So Lance, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Sir Lance Laster. You can find me on Instagram too with the same name at Sir Lance Laster, and then also later this year you can uh, catch me on an episode of Madam Secretary. That's right. <laughs> the, we the didn't twelfth episode. We didn't even talk about that. When does that episode air? Do you know? I'm not sure when it airs. I just know it's the twelfth episode of this season. Uh, so I think they're about to go on their break either this week or, the, or after the next, and it's then that'll be like the seventh or eighth episode. So you know four episodes after that all right cool we will back. uh when that episode airs we, we will keep an eye out for it we will promote it on the social media and <laughs> uh and we will talk about it. next time you're on the show we'll talk about your experience on the show uh that way people can have more of a frame of reference to what you're talking about but lance, lance is a musician and so he was hired to be on the show for his music prowess right lance uh yeah i guess you could say that <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we'll, we'll, we'll save the details for next time but uh but yeah, so yeah, very exciting that uh, Lance is going to make it on uh, Madam Secretary, which I kept getting confused with the Good Wife, <laughs> and I was like, "So how was the, how was the Good Wife?" I'm like, no, Madam Secretary. It's like Commander in Chief. No, that was Gina Davis. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah, definitely keep us posted on that because we'll all be uh, we'll all be keeping an eye for you. Set your DVRs, folks. 
And by the way, guys, our next episode is going to be a special mailbag episode because this was the hiatus of Smallville. This is the winter break that took place after this episode on Smallville. So Smallville took a break, so we're going to take, we're not taking a break from the podcast, but we are going to take a break from our episode coverage. So next week, you guys have been sending us a lot of emails, reviews, uh, messages over the last uh, several weeks. And, and I wanted to, uh, I know in the first season, we kind of incorporated them into the episodes, but you know, that, that these episodes are so long as it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to have like two and a half hour episodes. So, uh, so yeah, if you guys want to send us any, uh, any, any kind of feedback, uh, leave us an iTunes review. Please, please do leave us an iTunes review, by the way. Those are much appreciated. But any emails you want to send us, uh, messages on Twitter, anything like that, uh, we're going we're gonna to open up the mailbag uh, next week on Always Holding on the Smallville, and then we'll be back in a couple weeks talking about Visage. So until then, folks, always hold on to Smallville. Always Hold On to Smallville is part of the Always Hold On To Network of Podcasts and brought to you by listeners like you. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash alwaysmallville with one S. Hope to see you there. Always Hold On to Smallville's theme music is by Lance Laster, and our podcast art is by Tom Gerke. You can follow us on Twitter at alwaysmallville with one S. You can find us on Facebook at Always Hold On to Smallville, and you can send us an email at alwaysmallville at gmail.com. Once again, with one S. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.